Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, indeed, we are back at it, welcoming your real estate-related questions by phone or by text. We've cleared the lines if you want to call in your question, 651-989-9226. If it's easier, send your text, your real estate-related text messages Eight one eight zero seven eight one eight zero seven. Chris and Andy are here, and along with a familiar face, who will be uh, introduced in just a moment. How was your week since we've spoken? It's, it's still going. I'm I'm taking texts as we uh, right during the introduction. I mean, you're doing <laughs> trying business. to get a deal done. You're doing business while we're yeah, on we're the air. trying. Okay, yeah, but it is. It's gone. It's still going. Yeah, very, we've. Very uh, well. I've been really busy too. We've uh, had a couple hit the market this week. We've several offers been accepted. So. Market's moving good, but I still think the general consensus of the uh, the average person out there is more worried about where they're going, Denny. They're, it's it's the it's not the problem selling right now. It's the problem is where am I going to go? Am I satisfied with the value of what I'm buying? And that's where the hesitation lies. Oh, yeah. And so I think that the the agents that are working with their clients that are finding the hey where we're going or help people visualize you know what they can make this property into so they feel good so they can make the decision and, and move forward. But it's yeah, it's probably the key. Wouldn't you agree, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you, you guys have addressed this in the past as far as uh, talking about a career in real estate. Mm-hmm. And we joke that, that Chris is, you know, working. He's multitasking. He's yeah. doing it. But truly, you guys, in many ways, work seven days a week. I mean, you, you oh, yeah. work a lot. Absolutely. Real estate agents do as a because I think you have to. Well, we're yeah. both, we both are, our daughters are both playing in a volleyball at the Minneapolis Convention Center. So yep. we were there both at 8 o'clock. But before that, I left at 6 a.m. to go turn on some lights at a property so we could get those on. I had to get a sign on a property. Yeah. I mean, so it's, yeah, you're, you're going all the time. But, you know, on the other end, too, I mean, then there's times that you can, uh, still waiting for them, but there's times that you can kind of get well, away. Well, yeah, no, Monday Monday morning, 10 o'clock, you want to go play golf, let's do it. Everybody else is getting yeah. into the office yeah. and stressing out, and we're that's when we so can So there are the trade-offs. Time. There are trade-offs. Of course, yeah, yeah. just like any job. Yeah. You know? 
Absolutely. We were going to jog to the studio, but we thought <laughs> so we could actually talk. We took a lift instead. We'll, uh, we'll probably post that on our Facebook well, page. Well, you, you needed to research. We, we packed into a little Malibu. <laughs> Danny was like a clown show. <laughs> we, the two of us are snuggled back in the back seat of this little lift, and the car's scraping <laughs> as it's driving. What a if, sight. I think if you two jog over, we better have an ambulance follow right behind. Yeah. And that voice belongs to who? No. Well, my buddy Mark. Who, who invited this guy? Yeah, who's here? Listen here, Blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> no, our buddy said if there was a hot dog stand halfway, we'd probably make it. But, yeah. That's funny. That was the voice of Pat Remick. This is real estate. Yeah. yeah, Pat Remick. Pat Thank Remick, you. Mr. Green. Thank you guys for inviting landscape. me back. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we we are going to talk about landscaping because that's been a big thing. We had three listings that we've been waiting to get on because of this darn weather, and they mm-hmm. it has to do with the water and lake. And you know you want green and blue as much as you can to be able to make that property look as good as you can. And it's funny because we waited, and then like a bunch of other people got their houses on the market too. But we've been talking about that. Well, is I, that once this weather starts breaking, exactly. people are going to get on, but it's hard to get it ready. Well, and the thing is too, now is such a critical time to get uh, product put down with pre-emergence or whatever to help control weeds that will be coming up here shortly. Um, kind of the rule of thumb is to get fertilization down uh, before the ground temperature gets to be about 60 degrees, is which is typically is when the lilacs will bloom. So get it down with pre-emergence down um, will help control broadleaf uh, weeds and maybe some dandelions and things like that. So good time to be getting on top of things to make it look better. And you need to get on that before. I yes. mean, if people are thinking about listing in, in June and July, you don't do that stuff in June and July. You do it now so it's yep. ready for that time. It's a big impact for what's going to look good later. Yeah, and that's why we, Andy and I always talk about, you know, it's never too early to have us in. And, and to the house because those are the kind of things that we talk about. And a lot of things is trying to solve those problems before those problems and issues come up. Mm-hmm. And that usually is. I mean, if you spend all the time just on the inside getting everything ready, but then they walk up and they're, you know, they're tripping over a step and they're seeing that the, uh, around the, the front door, you know, isn't painted right or the door handle doesn't open, you know, or the trees aren't trimmed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that gives them the first impression of, okay, what did, what did they cover up? Well, and I've always said, too, that you need a fresh set of eyes to look at your house because you get so used to walking in your front door, you don't yeah. even see that the door needs to be painted. Right. Or the trees are hanging too low or you got that crab tree that's uh, growing over the sidewalk. A fresh set of eyes, whether it's the real estate team or, or a landscape contractor that can help point those things out. I tell you what, we have uh, callers coming in uh, and textures too. Let's uh, let's do that. Uh, let's uh, go back to the phones. Oscar is calling from Pine City. Uh, Oscar, you're on CCO. Hello, hello. All right. Listening to the radio, we'll uh, put Oscar back on hold and uh, continue on with this discussion. So when when you listen to the phone, not to the radio. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe we can listen to that text message too. We'll throw that out there. We got. What do you think of We Buy Ugly Houses? What do I think? Andy, what do you think about We Buy Ugly Houses? Oh, it's, just another, it's just another business in the marketplace. I mean, they're providing a service of buying a house that they're – remember this, they're preconditioning you mentally to understand that you have an ugly house by saying We Buy Ugly Houses. So you're already admitting that by calling them. And so what happens is the psychology there, there's there's a lot to that. Um when they get there, they, they are basically buying a house that they can add an improvement to to, to make a fair profit, and they have a, a very viable spot in the marketplace right now, I really do believe. And so you're seeing a lot of other versions of that, the guaranteed offers, you're seeing whatever, and a lot of those different um, ways of wholesaling a house, as, as I call it, 
um, are feeding back to that, quote, flipping market where the buyers are buying houses at a price where they can buy it to flip it. So that's well, all. And I think it's important, too, that you talk to a couple different people. I mean, if you just bring in We Buy Ugly Houses and they give you an offer and you take it, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be missing out quite a bit. Well, um, in this kind of a market, I'm actually – and I'm not – not take that brand specifically away because they're a, a very well-known contractor, great company. Um, but that industry right now is struggling because the economy is too good. And so what happens is it's like why would I give something away at a wholesale price if I can literally sell it at retail and have people fighting over it in the same instant offer? Heck, let me list your house. I'll get you an offer in 15 minutes if you list it at the right price. I mean, it's, so it's, it's all a psychological play on what they do or don't want to be involved with. Most agents I know in today's market can offer very similar products like that that are, you know, as, as far as like a guaranteed offer or a, a wholesale offer. Um, Chris and I both have guys that buy houses all the time from us and, and uh, give very fair prices too. So You know, I get a lot of times that when I, I come over to a house, I say, oh, you want us to spend all this money and kind of getting it ready? And I said, no, yeah. I want you to spend money to be able to maximize your equity. Yeah. And not just to spend money for the fun of it, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. Right. We're doing a house right now that I think it's, it's, it's really interesting because it's kind of like, you know what, I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'll take less. But there's a couple things that I'm telling you. I said there was carpet in three bedrooms, okay? Yeah. And it was old carpet. Well, underneath is hardwood floors. And I said, it's mm-hmm. just worth it to rip all that stuff out. Right. You know, and at least they can see the, now the potential. Mm-hmm. And so that makes a, a flipper or an investor or even someone that is trying to buy a house and trying to stay, you know, and get a good deal that they can fix themselves. We'll see more value in that where it didn't cost us much money to do that. Right. But right. ultimately, it's that person's decision. Well, and you know, usually that, you know, and not that this is owned by any slogan by anybody, but the guarantee, usually the only guarantee is that the offer will be low. Well, okay. All right, let's uh, bring in Oscar in this uh, this conversation in Pine City. Go ahead, Oscar. Yeah, I uh, I I told you the story. I got this old two story house with radiators, and I'd like to put in a, a central, uh, you know, air conditioner that would be uh, not noisy like the ones in the window. Yep. Are you thinking if if it's a good? Uh... Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's more directed to a home improvement question than it is uh, resale value. But it, you answer it as if no, it was I resale. Like, Let's talk like, about resale. Yeah, but well, first of all, question. with radiator, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have the ducts. You know, so right. it's not like you don't get central air and you put on condenser, but you can do that in the ceiling. The drop down units. Absolutely. Yeah, those are great. And they also, my brother uh, lives in a converted uh, mansion over in the. Uh, they took it and made it into condos on each floor, right? And so they have high velocity. Um, AC units where they're actually these little pipes that they can hide and sneak through the floor systems, and then they blow high volumes of air through them, and you'd think they'd whistle or whatever. They don't. It's actually a fantastically cool um, way to do it. It is doable. If you yeah, have a gas, uh, hot water, uh, heat, it yeah. is doable oh, yeah. to, to and I think, get it. Chris, what do you think? I think it's well worth the investment because most totally. people love to take the, the really hot days off their list and the really cold days off their list. So having good heat Having good AC when you need it is important for resale. Yeah, and and you know radiator heat is typically a cleaner, better heat yeah. that most yeah. people say. Right. Yep. But usually it's a detriment because they don't have central air. So if you do that and you have the best heating system, and now I got central air, best of both like worlds. Win win. Yeah. All right. We need to take a quick break. We'll have a more real estate show coming up. If you have that kind of a question related to real estate, call it in or text it in. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the phone number. The text number, meanwhile, is 81807 for your real estate questions. 
Uh, good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show here on A3OWCC. Call it in, your, your question or text it in uh, related to real estate, 651-989-9226. Text, meanwhile, is 81807. We have a bunch of those guys, too, of the text uh, messages. But Bob in Prior Lake is first up here on the phone here. Uh, Bob, uh, good morning. You're on CCO. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I'm a Prior Lake guy, and Chris has some listings in my neighborhood. And my, my question that I was going to ask him is why why don't more people have their home appraised prior to just setting the listing price and then you're in you're in wonderland as to what the appraisal is going to come in with you know wouldn't that be a more intelligent uh, starting point as long as you know like the uh, the appraisers can't know the deal you know the new rules uh that uh and you can't pick your own appraisers like you used to be able to so why don't more people do that Thanks, what do you guys think? That's a yeah. great question. We'll start with Andy first. I, I love it because I think that, you know, our industry, like it or not, is dominated with a lot of people that are new to the industry and they're yes men and yes women that are saying, sure, I'll listen for that. And they're not putting a lot of, you know, research behind the value of the property before they list it. So in that situation, you do have some people over listing houses that are twenty, thirty thousand over what they should be because the customer's asking them to. It doesn't mean that it's right. doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just what I think sometimes happens. Now, a more experienced listing agent spends the time to research exactly every comp they can because our job as a listing agent is to maximize the amount of dollars we can get somebody to pay for that house, which sometimes is above an appraised value because of the view, because of the amenities, because of the, the brand or the, the specifically the company that maybe did the upgrades does a better job, may, you know, have a following, you know? Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, first of all, the appraisal, is typically used for a bank to be able to justify what they're borrowing a, a, a customer. Okay, so there's to me sometimes when you get an appraisal and it's not like proven or it hasn't sold, they typically come in at a lower price. I mean, a lot. I was just talking to a guy at the volleyball thing, and uh, he was like, "Oh my gosh, my appraisal came in less than my assessed value." You know, and I said, well, the assessed value doesn't tell you what it's worth. I mean, the appraisals justify it based on what those houses are, but they're in an area that you're not going to get over a certain price. But when you do get over a certain price, and so there's houses that are like that, that say um, it's, you know, the houses aren't going over 750 but theirs is 850 all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, and from a realtor standpoint, we're out there, we're looking at how, how are these people going to justify it? Okay, it's on acreage, it's on a lake. Okay, so maybe it's in a certain town that's not bringing those values, but right over in the next town, hey, it is. And maybe it's a rambler, and maybe it's a a main level, so maybe they're not looking for schools. And so they're going to justify that, and then that's what you have to help the appraiser understand Mm -hmm. because that's what the appraiser is going to do. We talk about Prior Lake and on the lake. Um, We ended up selling uh, the largest house that was on Prior Lake. There's nothing else that could um, – appraised next to it so it would have said it was lower but we know what you can get and so then they used minnetonka you know mm-hmm. appraisal you know, houses from minnetonka because they said hey you know what this is in a realm by itself and this is something that maybe someone would have gotten to minnetonka well it's, it's a free market i mean that's what free markets do they if you have a better marketing campaign you create more momentum and somebody wants to pay more for that house and they're paying cash god bless america you know what i mean that's what it's all about but on the other hand if it's a bank that this is somebody with 3.5% down, the bank's just trying to say, hey, listen, we're giving this person a break anyway by giving them a loan and insuring it for this with 3.5% down. Let's just make sure that if things go south, we don't go too far south. You know what I mean? That's a, just all it is is a safety blanket I, or a net for the bank. There's a question for Pat Remick. Uh, what landscaping rock slash mulch has the best effect when selling? Mm. 
Well, that's probably a pretty good question. Um, I think a lot of it will play into it as far as what other uh, amenities. Whatever's they have. the most expensive, right, Pat? Well, I like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Good, good point. Something imported and heavy. Yep, yeah. yep. Hard to get. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it'll play into you know what the rest of the place looks like. I mean, I obviously these dyed mulches uh, will bring a lot of uh, validity to the landscape beds. But maybe you got a great fire pit or a great outdoor kitchen that you don't necessarily need to put rock or mulch down to to accent. But right. um, well, I talked about when I, when I was thinking about that, I'm like, okay, there's rock and mulch. But I'll tell you what's even better is like complete perfect lines around like when you use that little cutter machine. Yep, I don't know what edger. it is. Yeah. yeah, that edger that goes along the the driveway <laughs> yep. and then cuts around those things. I mean, that shows. More than what I mean, detailed, and yeah. it shows the level of of detail well, you put to. And you don't like get it. that. You, all, you get rock and mulch everywhere, right. right? But you don't get stuff like that. I have a combo of the two. Just a quick comment. I have rock and I have uh, the mulch. The mulch has to constantly be ever dressed. Whatever. My rock still is my rock. It looks great. It's still. Okay. You just got to clean it out. You know what I mean? So it's how much maintenance do you want to do? Because I think sometimes the mulch is a lot less to have it installed, but then there's more of a maintenance aspect to it to keep it looking really bright and, and nice. There's, there's good both ways. I mean, the rock, like you said, doesn't need to be re- refreshed all the time where the mulch mm-hmm. does, but they both bring value. No question. Good point. All right. We need to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go to, so don't go away. Call in your real estate questions or send a text if that's easier. And welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Chris and Andy and Pat in studio. Uh, especially if you have any kind of a landscape-type question, uh, this is your chance to uh, ask Pat that particular type of question, either by phone or, or, or by text. I see one line is open, and you can use it if you like. 651-989-9226. Text, and we have a bunch of those, 81807. You want to grab one there, Chris? Yeah, we do. I'm waiting for my stage or designer to call me back on what are the popular paint colors this year. I, I hear them all the time. I know there's a pewter gray. Um, and there's another one that we use all the time. I just can't think of it, but mm. I should have it here by the end. Um, is it harder to sell a split entry, and especially one with outdoor pump systems? I'm not sure what they mean by outdoor pump systems, but is that like a fountain or something? Or the, well, I would guess it means an outdoor or a septic well. Or something well, an outdoor like well. An outdoor well, maybe that's above the freeze. You know, so they have to insulate it in a box. That's that's kind of old school, but usually they can move that into a basement or they'll put it inside the house mm. um, or they put the pressure tank. But, but as far as a split entry, I mean, a lot of people no, like split entry. all the time. You typically get more um, space for your money. So You know, I've seen split entries where they're on big acreage where the, the homeowner would rather have a big ranch-style house, one-level living or a two-story. But uh, no, splits are great. I mean, they're seven steps. You're up the stairs and, you know. Absolutely. You want to get another one? Yeah, uh, this person has a 1970 split entry on one acre in Delano, getting it ready to go on the market. It has an attached garage, but the detached garage burnt down this fall. Is it mm. worth it to rebuild the detached garage for marketability? Boy, that's a great question. So uh, it's on an acre, yeah. so it's not like it's out. Um, I, I think that's an advantage to be yeah. able to have that. And obviously, if it burned down, you're probably getting the money back for it. Right. I would, I would put it back up. I would, I would sell too. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And then put rock or mulch around it, Pat. Which one? <laughs> I would I would not put the garage up. I just put all landscaping around it. Or oh, yeah. it. <laughs> so, he wants a fire pit in there. So if you need a fire in, pit. In memory of the previous garage waterfalls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Does a real estate agent get frustrated with the seller when they try to put their home on the market at a lower cost than it might be appraised in order to sell the home more quickly? Um. So they're asking us if we get um, frustrated if the seller wants to 
uh, put it at a lower cost. And, you know, every seller is different, you know, and that's I think that's the interesting thing is mm-hmm. that sometimes there's there's marketing plans that go along with prices. Yeah. And there might be um, reasons they're doing that. And, uh, I mean, I know uh, we had a house, this was probably five, six years ago, that we intentionally went high the mm-hmm. fall before mm-hmm. and then came back and kind of still went a little high. But where they where the price was and then where it ended up, yeah. you know, they thought it was a good deal and it sold right away and it mm-hmm. sold for more than full price. Right. So there's there's different marketing things and it's up to each seller what they want to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that, that is that is a strategy, you know, pricing it uh, below so that everybody comes in and recognizes the value and, and then you get a, a bidding war, um, which which can be fun. <laughs> a lot more work, but it can be fun. Text number is 81807 if that's easier for you, or call us, 651-989-9226. Cement or asphalt for a driveway and resale? What do you think? We're going with Pat. The guy yeah. knows a lot about real estate, I'm telling you. Yeah. I don't know about that. but it's hard uh, not to like concrete. Well, the good yeah. thing about asphalt, though, is they're in the middle of winter. As soon as you scrape the snow off, that asphalt will heat up quicker and it'll melt off what, whatever's there, mm-hmm. especially if you keep it sealed and, and a nice black coating on it. Uh, especially when you're in a state that gets snow in May. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, no. But, yeah, what it, I mean, obviously asphalt's less expensive. Concrete is typically the value is better, yeah. um, and people look at that more. But I think it all depends kind of what house you're in. Oh, yeah. So if you're if you have a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house and you're deciding between asphalt and cement, I do asphalt all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're in a, a million dollar place, I mean, you might want to consider that. Well, absolutely, it's like a high performance car, right? And so you look at that and you say, okay, do I want to put the upgraded tires on there that match the level of the car? That's kind of like the same thing with the house with the amenities. I agree with that, but I also have seen a movement towards downsizers that like to have the luxury amenities that they had in their previous larger homes. And so, I, like I said, if you've got the budget, I do the concrete, especially if you're moving trailers or heavier vehicles around on it, it works great. But if you're like Chris and I have seen it where people flip houses and the driveway's horrible, they'll always do asphalt. And I don't think they get penalized because it's asphalt. Let me put it that way. Right. Yep. True. Okay. We got a long one here. Okay. Hello. I'm uh I'm responsible for a house located on a piece of lake property located 35 minutes north of Twin Cities. I've started to renovate uh, the house on the property since it was a hoarder's house. Also, nothing had been done to it for the last 25 years. I was told by a real estate agent that it should probably be bulldozed. The the piece of property next door sold for over $250,000 with the cabin. The new buyers demolished it. Suggestions on what I should do. I missed something. Okay. What, I was to, basically, what was I was it? told by a real estate agent that it should be move-in <laughs> ready <laughs> in order to receive the most financially. Now other people are saying it doesn't matter what you do to the house since the buyers will probably bulldoze it. The piece of property next door sold for over 250000 with the cabin. The new buyers demolished it. That Suggestions of what I should do. Yeah. you got to remember our text messages come they in. Don't, like, they're not in order. Yeah, they, they're out of order, so you got to kind of do a puzzle. Uh-huh. Denny's better at puzzles. <laughs> not really. <laughs> but but anyways, so there, there's a great question. You know, hey, are you going to do anything to that property to kind of make it look good? Be on the, it's on the lake, remember. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, I think it was last week or the week before. Remember yeah. I talked yeah. about that? Where you have a property that, hey, just bulldoze it. Remember, if you bulldoze it, you've just knocked out a whole bunch of your market. 
And if you mm-hmm. can do a little to that and clean it up and get it out, at least you have the bulldozer people thinking about, gosh, someone else might buy that. Right. It'll probably drive your price. Well, or think about this too, Chris. I mean, if you just have a property that's being sold for the maximum amount of, you know, that they can get, getting that house to be, you know, compliant with financing is the key. So talk to your agent, talk to a lender and just say, hey, what can we do to this house to make sure that we can get a loan on this home through your group? And then now you've made another, you know, 20, 30% of the market available to your house. So a lot of people don't have cash, even though you think they would, um, that, that financing with a cabin on that, it's a lot more affordable than as a vacant lot. So You bet. Yep. Okay. And then who pays closing costs on the sale of a home? Is it split? Oh, geez. We just got, is it, where'd that go now? Is it split between the buyer and seller? What are the costs uh, of different items in the closing? So typically in Minnesota, um, when you're selling a house, the commission is typically paid by the seller. Mm-hmm. So the, that that's taken care of, and they have their own set of closing costs, which are typically around 1% additional. Okay, So if you didn't have a realtor, it would probably be around 1%. If on the buy side, if they have to get a loan, they typically have closing costs to be able to get that financing. Now, sometimes they negotiate getting the seller to pay that for them. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, an example, um, if someone came in and said, hey, we'll pay you 400000 but we want you to pay 10000 towards our closing costs, you really just got an offer for 390000 Yep, net, net, yep. Yeah, so hopefully But some people don't that. think of it that way, Chris, and that's that's why we do what we do. I think that's why people, may, yep, got 400000 for an offer and the closing costs are buried in there and people don't know the difference and it is negotiable. So you don't have to pay it. You can negotiate that. Okay. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you want to call in your question, otherwise send a text eight one eight zero seven. You know, I was thinking about that lake property too, and and thinking about landscaping since we do have Pat Remick here. But uh, is getting, I mean, especially if it's going to a lake, if it has been taken care of for twenty five years, more than likely the foliage hasn't been taken care of either, and that sometimes can make a monster difference. Oh yeah, bringing up the trees and everything. Can yep. you do that now? Um, Many trees you probably can, but you got things like oaks and, and things that are susceptible to insect and disease. I would definitely get somebody involved that can help you identify what you can and cannot do before you start doing it. Um, but a lot of things like shrubbery and things like that, you can take down quite substantially to a point that it's going to look like they're a young plant again. So, But it's always good to ask people that do it for a living. Andy, how do you do that? I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of getting... Um, trees and stuff shaped up and mm-hmm. and the, what do you call it when you take all those raise branches? Them. Yeah, you raise them up mm-hmm. because you get so much more light. I got a great example that in Minnetonka, we sold a house. Uh, I was the, the buyer's agent on it. These people went in in a year. I came back a year later and they raised all those. It, the house totally lit up and they had a huge view of a lake. And I'm telling you, the, the value went up 50 grand. But you also got to be Crazy. careful. Some trees shouldn't be raised up too far, like maybe spruce trees. Uh, I've seen people that raise them up to make them look like an apple tree. They're not supposed to be that way. So before you take them off, because they won't grow back. So please ask somebody that is in the industry what what would be correct and what wouldn't be. Yeah. I think a lot of people, too, though, just like them to look a little cleaner. Yep. And I've, got, I've got a couple of those, you know, pine trees where the, the whole stem is looks like it's dead. And then yep. on the very end, it's got a little green little, you know, yep. needles. And you don't want to trim it off, but it also looks kind of tough. Yep. Better off to probably take that off. But it's yeah good to ask somebody that, that does that for a living. You say somebody who knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We need to take a quick break. We have more show to come. If you have a real estate question, a landscape question, call it in or text it in here on our real estate show.
Good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show here on CCO Radio in the Twin Cities, 40 degrees. We still have time for your real estate questions, uh, either by phone or by text, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807 uh, for Chris and Andy and Pat. Pat yeah. Remick's in studio with the guys today. We're going to hit a few more text questions. Sure. We live in a condo and thinking of going from a two-story one to a one level. What is the color of paint to use inside to get the most value? I think whatever you do uh, on the paint, it's neutral, um, lighter gray, lighter beige, mm-hmm. uh, but keep it all the same throughout the whole place. It'll make the home appear a lot bigger if yep. you do it all as one. Well, and I'm telling you, let's say you spend a couple hundred bucks to have an interior designer come out there and give you a consultation, worth every penny. I mean, yeah. those people are dialed into what they can do. They know how to maximize everything. It's it's Merchandising is a big part of selling right now and having people visualize what rooms can be used for. I I like we've talked about this, Chris. Get that stager in there or that that interior decorator that knows what to do. And they, if you describe the job up front, they know what to do. They don't. It doesn't have to cost you five grand. I mean, it can be hundreds of dollars. Here's the other thing too, Andy. You come out there and have it all repainted, look nice, and put the same stuff back on the walls. Mm-hmm. It was just a waste of time painting. Right. You know, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to maximize that. Mm-hmm. And there's there's opportunities to be able to put stuff in the right places to be able to make it look as big as possible. Right. So. Um, you were going to say something about. Well, no, we were, we were just we were kind of on the break. We were talking, you know, talking landscaping here with Pat, and and their crews have the ability to lay these lines when they're mowing the grass, where it looks like you're out on the professional ball field. And I was asking questions about maintenance with equipment, and I mean, what's important this time of the year? Even if I'm a do it myself or you know at home, you know, I know you guys have all the big professional equipment to do it really awesome, but. What about a guy like me that has a rider? I mean, what's important for me to maintain on some of that stuff? We know this time of year, it's good to get the thing ready for the season, um, put new oil in it, uh, make sure the battery's charged up, the tires are good. But the main thing with mowing, and, and some people don't think that this is important, but it's critical, you got to keep your blades sharp. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people never sharpen blades. Matter of fact, most people don't even know where they're at. But you take them <laughs> off, get them sharpened, yes. and it's incredibly much more efficient on the mower, and it's much more healthy for the grass when you have nice sharp you're not, blades. You're not yanking those blades off, are you? I mean, no. the blades of grass. You're... Yeah. Well, that's it. You, instead of beating it you know, to the point of tearing it off the yeah. top with a nice sharp blades, um, it's, uh, it just cuts it off. And the motor, it takes a lot less motor power to cut that grass. And it's so much nicer. It just a, does a great right. job. Mulch is a little better as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, and I know Pat's totally referring to me when he's talking about this. But anyways, <laughs> I'm going to ask him because I said this is what happens to mowers because this texture says it too. Why are the roots on my tree coming to the surface? Mm. They're all spreading all over the yard and they're huge. And I typically tend to hit them when I'm mowing. Yep. Well, and that's a typical situation for like maple trees. that they, they like the surface roots because they're looking for moisture in many cases. Some that's just hereditary. Um, and that's a problem that you're going to have. It's nothing you can do. You can't really landscape over it. You fill dirt all over it? Well, you can. There's no question, but it's usually a tree throws a lot of shade, and to make grass grow in a shaded area is pretty tough to do. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just something maybe you can mulch over the top of. You shouldn't be getting too close to a tree anyhow with a mower. Maybe mulch it and, and do things, but try not to damage the roots. That's how it takes its energy up. Hmm. Good point. You know, we were talking on the garden show early this morning, and Pat already knows this stuff, but when you mow... Uh, they've discovered that uh, if you uh, cut the grass, if you set that blade deck to cut four inches, so leave four inches of the lawn, you don't have to use so much uh, herbicide. Yep. Mm. Uh, it grows grass instead of weeds, yep. basically. And you know what's important, too, when you're cutting grass, people like to beg and get the grass clippings off. But to be honest, that grass that you're cutting off is is very full of nutrients. So cutting it off and, and letting it decompose back into the grass, 
is a, is a good thing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, if your stucco home does not pass inspection, what are your options? What companies in the Twin Cities handle stucco repair? I got a great example because we just did one. Big, big walkout two-story. Um, and it ended up being to take all the stucco off, replace it with LP siding and some stone in the front. It was $100,000, you know, in which to be able to do that. And on this particular one, the stucco test failed. Mm-hmm. All over the place, but what was interesting is once it all came off, there was only two spots on the whole house that kind of got affected. Mm. But what I found out was this was a couple of years back, is that it was the highest moisture content that we'd ever that second highest moisture content that ever been recorded in the last two hundred years, and so that sits in there. And I think they were getting some false readings on it. Oh. So I so you know rip it apart from the inside first. If you see some bad spots, take out that sheetrock and then kind of see what you've got there. Because usually it's gone all the way through, or the studs have gone mm-hmm. bye bye. But uh, yeah, that stucco can be hundreds of years old and still performing, and it's just it's holding moisture coming in from somewhere else, or not letting the moisture get out, for an example, because it's such a, a, a you know a decent product. But you know, so what what is your opinion, Chris? Real quick on um, so some of the older homes that are out there that have the all stucco, and let's say you pull the stucco off the back of the house and the sides of the house, and you do vinyl, or you do something that's a little more affordable than a hundred grand. Let's say you have a fifteen twenty thousand dollar budget. Would you leave the front stucco because it still looks great and is performing and then just do the vinyl around the backsides? Or what's your opinion on that? I think we've always gotten past. If it's just stucco on the front, people don't think, all right, well, it's just it's not as bad. It's only going to be 25000 right. that we're going to have to, you know, it might be more because that's where the stone and stuff is. But um, I don't think it's bad with the stucco in the front if you have the sides and it's vinyl or, mm-hmm. or whatever other product. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. And, I agree. But it all depends on what style you're doing and how old that house is too. Because the older houses, the stucco was great. There was just some areas that it just wasn't quite installed right. Right. And so moisture would get around it, and that's causing all the problems. Mm -hmm. So here's a text that came in a bit ago. Uh, It says this, we've been in our house for over 40 years, have made many improvements to the outside of it, including a three-level deck that now needs to be replaced, refreshed. Does it make sense? In a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house to put on a brand new thirty five thousand dollar deck, that's what the appraisers seem to come in for replacement at this time. Uh, we considered mm. one of the lower maintenance deck products, but that was even more expensive. Is there a return on this kind of maintenance? Yeah, I mean it depends. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to sell, I mean, in that two hundred fifty thousand dollar price point, that's, um, that's a, what is that's that? hard to spend over ten percent of your house to be able to put on a deck. Yeah, um, I would shore up what you have there, um, and uh, just I mean, especially if you're going to be trying to sell, I think you'll you'll get by better that way. Don't yeah, you? I've been shocked though. I think you know, and, and that's a reality check of what's you know labor costs and materials, and you look at what decks do cost, and I mean. I think new construction wise, you're seeing cedar decks going in at sixty five to seventy dollars a square foot cedar, you know, and cedar rails, not including the stairs. The second you add stairs, you can add three to five thousand dollars just because stairs take a lot more labor, um, footings and everything else. But composites, I've seen them going for eighty to eighty five, you know, up as high as ninety, depending on you know, you can if you do glass rails, you could spend even more than that per square foot. For Mr. Lindis to talk to, yeah, him. exactly. Yeah. yeah, call Andy for sure. Yeah. Hey, and, and speaking of, uh, you know, if you want to get a hold of Pat Remick or Andy or myself, we got a, a new site that brings you to it. It's andyandrooney.com. 
It's one word, Andy no, and lowercase, right? dot com, yeah. no, no capitalization there. It's all lowercase. Yeah, exactly. So you can kind of get all the information that we've just my on the show. I'm sure it's just, just my podcast. name is lowercase. <laughs> Rooney's all uppercase. Yeah, mine's capitalized. All of them. <laughs> it's only actually we were Chris. actually we were going to put them in there, but we decided to. It's in kind of fluorescent paint. Too. Yeah, you'll find me on the third page in the bottom. <laughs> Again, Pat. Well, you can connect to all all of our guests Absolutely. Yeah, through that through that website. All right, we got to run. Good to see you, Pat. You Thanks too. very Thank much, you. you guys. We'll uh, see you. We're going to do another show next week, and we hope uh, you join us uh, then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.